Today's episode, I want to talk to you about patience. Now, I've, I've done episodes before on patience, but I think I've made the same mistake that a lot of people make when they talk about patience, which is to talk a lot about the why and why it's important and all that and the power of being more patient and all that, but not necessarily too much on the how, because the how, unless you really dig into the psychology of it, can be a little bit hard to understand. A lot of people think it has to do with simply willpower uh, or discipline, and, and I think there's more to it than that. But the benefit for you from from learning patience, in my opinion, and in my experience, is that patience is required for focus. And focus is the best way to take a straight line to what it is that you want in life, whatever that happens to be. Obviously, in this context, probably something related to web development, your career, money, all those sorts of things. But it could be relationships. It could be anything. The The things that you want out of life, there are steps that you're going to have to take to get there. And uh, a lot of times what happens is a lack of patience and a lack of discipline, in a sense, on that part leads to us running 100 miles an hour in 100 different directions and ultimately getting nowhere. So when you can learn patience, you can learn to be more focused, more disciplined, and take a much more direct route to getting what you want in life and ultimately get those things faster. So that's what I want to show you how to do in this episode. There's a lot of developers who have a lot of opinions about what you need to do this coding thing for a living and be good at it. But I often find that their opinions tend to be better for them than they are for you. And that's part of the reason why I created this podcast. To cut through the crap and give it to you straight. And you won't always like me. You won't always agree with me. But I will tell you the truth. I'm John Morris and welcome to The John Morris Show. Now let's quit the yakking and get to it. John Morris here, johnmorrisonline.com. Welcome back to another episode of the John Morris Show. As I said, I want to dive into patience this episode, its relation to focus, and then ultimately how that all ties into helping you get the things that you want out of life uh, a lot faster. And we're really going to go inside the science behind this, dig deep into the how part of it, not just talking about the why. We'll get into that a little bit, but I really want to get into the actual in-the-moment sort of actions and, and changes in behavior that you can make to allow you to actually do this. Now, before I do that, I do want to uh, let you know about uh, my bundle product over on store.johnmorrisonline.com. If you haven't heard uh, me talk about this in any of the past episodes, in that bundle, you can get all six of my flagship courses, so PHP 101, Upwork, uh, 101, the No BS Guide to Get More Done, the spam, Spammer's Guide to Get Clients, my new re- newly released How to Sit uh, Submit uh, Form Data, HTML Form Data to a MySQL database using PHP, and so on and so forth. All all the details are over there. But uh, the nice thing about that is normally all six of those courses would cost you 122 dollars, but you can get it for just 49. So. Uh, $73 off the price, something like that. And again, that's going to help you kind of learn what you need to learn, 
in your for your web development career, but also you'll be helping out the show and allow me to continue to do what I'm doing here. So I'd appreciate that. Again, you can go to store.johnmorrisonline.com and you will see the link uh, right at the top. All right, that out of the way, let's let's go ahead and dive into this. So as I said, the reason that you want to cultivate patience and develop patience is because it's required for focus. And focus is really how you want get what you want in life faster. This is one of the things that I experienced kind of in my career early on is uh, it's not necessarily uh, in the moment focus, although that plays a role, but it's more kind of long-term focus, being able to have a long-term goal that's going to take several sort of macro steps to get to, like a, a successful web development career or whatever you happen to be pursuing in this industry. And getting frustrated when Maybe things aren't going as fast as you want them to be. Maybe you're not learning the skills as fast as you want. Or you're not moving up in your careers uh, fast as you want. And there's this urge to start to maybe think about different options and take uh, a different route and deviate from the path that you really want to take, that deep down you know is the way that you want to go. And so when you start to do that, if you indulge in that, what happens is you lose focus, you start to go these different routes, and you're working really hard, you're moving really fast, but you're not really getting any anywhere because you go a certain, you know, three steps this way, and then you, you, something happens, and you're like, okay, I'm going to go four steps this way, and then I'm going to go five steps this way, and two steps this way, and you just keep going in all these different directions and not actually getting anywhere. And there are reasons why uh, this sort of uh, happens. And so, again, what I want to show you is is how patience plays a role in that, and then how to actually develop and cultivate that patience. So when you take those three steps and there's something that comes up, you can persevere through it and continue to stay on that direct path. And doing that is going to ultimately allow you to get where you want uh, faster. So with that, much of my experience on this is in the realm of what not to do, because uh, growing up, and I've talked about this before, and and I'm not trying to go too far into this, but growing up, you know, as poor as I was, uh, as my parents were in the middle of pretty much nowhere in America, I was very driven to change my life. I always grew up wanting to be the one that was going to save my family, right? Figure things out, and 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 you know, take my parents and my brothers and all that out of poverty, and that passion helped me to develop a sense of purpose and a really strong work ethic, but it also really challenged me when it came to my focus. And I did exactly what I talked about. I spent the better part of my childhood essentially chasing opportunities, two steps this way, three steps this way, four steps that way. And you know, after a number of years, I had pretty much got nowhere. And I was right back in the same spot that I kind of started in. And, and and that's really can be debilitating mentally because you start to buy into this notion that maybe you're just cursed. I remember I used to uh, stay up at night thinking about that. Maybe I'm just cursed. Maybe this is just how my life is supposed to be. And, you know, it, it obviously is not, that's not the case. You're not, that's, that, that sort of thing isn't, uh, isn't, isn't real. But when you get that in your head, it's hard to get it out. And again, the 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 source of this problem is not being a patient enough to stay focused on something long term. But 
I mean, that's my experience, but I'm also pulling from actual psychologists and therapists that have studied this. So primarily what we're going to talk about today comes from Dr. Jane Bolton. She's a doctor of psychology. She's a licensed marriage and family uh, therapist, and she's been practicing psychotherapy for almost for over 25 years. She's a published author. I mean, this is basically what she does, and she actually works with people doing this. And she has a framework for cultivating patients uh, in the people that she works with as a therapist. And so that's what we're going to get into. The, the actual science that I'm talking about uh, is going to be that. And what when you learn this, what you're going to walk away from this with is a step-by-step system for actually developing patients. So it's going to allow you to increase your emotional discipline and your ability to focus more long-term for longer and longer periods of time and take more methodical, significant steps to get what you want in life and not get sidetracked or distracted or waste massive amounts of time and energy running 100 miles an hour in 100 different directions and getting nowhere. So that's what I want to give you. So the first thing, kind of the big concept behind this actual science is to understand that patience is a skill. It's not something you're just born with or you have a certain amount of patience or it's not. It's something that you actually has to be learned and practice and use consistently in order to be good at it. If you think of, you know, any child, you know, it's it's kind of obvious when you look at children that uh, human beings aren't patient by default and patience requires a, a tremendous amount of emotional discipline. And that's a kind of thing that you actually have to work on, and it can can be cultivated through learning how what the process for developing it is, and then actually practicing it, kind of day in and day out. So the first there's there's four parts to this to to actually cultivating this. Two I would call mic or macro kind of steps and really insights, and then two are more in the moment how to deal with frustration and or anger. Uh, or disappointment or sadness or whatever it is and work through it and stay on track towards what you want and and, and exercise that patience uh, in the moment. So the first insight is to understand the addictive nature of non-patience. So all these emotions that can wreck your patience like frustration, like fear, like anger, right? It, this is related to what I talked about uh, in an earlier podcast about heuristic problem solving. When we react to certain situations in certain ways, that creates creates actual neural pathways that make it easier to react that same way in the future. It's just part of our biology. So when you react to fear, let's say, by giving up on a certain path, and and trying to come up with a new idea and then coming up with a new idea and then going that way, if that's how you react, that creates a pathway that the next time you're faced with that sort of situation, that becomes the default urge for you to act in that way. And so when you come over here and you start going down that path and you experience a little bit more discomfort or something in your way, you are now programmed to react by ditching that path and going another route. And so that that automatic reaction becomes easier to respond that way and it becomes almost kind of hardwired and it becomes addictive. It just becomes the default way that you react to something. 
And that's especially true if that reaction is emotionally reinforced. So if you're going down a certain pathway and you experience discomfort for whatever reason, and you change directions and go some other way, and that relieves the discomfort, that is emotionally reinforcing that pathway. And so that pathway become, uh, develops even quicker, and it becomes even more, uh, it develops even deeper. So it becomes harder to resist in the future. So all of that to say, you have to understand the addictive nature of reacting this way. It builds real neural pathways, and it really does become addictive. And that's why oh, I think it's a common thing that people know. You, can, you could go exercising, say, for six months. And then you skip one day and next thing you know, a year later, you haven't exercised for a year. That's why that sort of thing can happen because it only takes one time for you to start to, and and especially when it's emotionally reinforced, it can take one time and you can just suddenly be caught up in this trap and, and, and going down if you're not aware of what's happening. So you just have to become aware first off of the addictive nature of this and how serious and important each moment is each single moment is critical for continuing that momentum the second thing then is to embrace the discomfort because as i mentioned what our reaction actually is is a reaction to discomfort to something that's painful and it is natural kind of human animal i would say life in general the natural reaction and instinct is to move away from things that you encounter that are painful. So it makes sense that that would be what we would do. And when we experience a certain discomfort when pursuing a goal, what happens is we start to see that discomfort as a roadblock. So maybe it's emotional pain about learning. Let's just take learning how to code, right? There's a point in there for most people where you can get, you get really frustrated and you feel like maybe this isn't I'm not smart enough for this, or this isn't what I was meant to do. And there's all these things that can come up for you there. Or when you get into your career, it's like, man, I just learned how to code. I should just be able to get a job. Now I got to learn all this stuff when it comes to getting clients or getting work. And like those moments can become a frustration can start to look like roadblocks. And if we're not willing to embrace the discomfort of that and just continue to keep doing what we're doing and move through that roadblock, then that's what happens when we say, okay, I'm not willing to go through that emotional pain. So now I'm going to try this other route and let's just hope there's no emotional pain down this route. And the reality is, no matter what route you go down, there's going to be some sort of emotional pain. And so in order to stop going 100 different directions and getting nowhere, you have to be willing to go through emotional pain, to embrace that uh, the that discomfort. So the only way to take a straight line to what you want and get there as fast as possible is to embrace short-term discomfort in order to get long-term gain. So the kind of the classic cliche line of no pain, no gain, there's actually some validity to, to that. Now, obviously people can take that too far, but you do, no matter what route you take, there's going to be some sort of emotional pain. So you have to be willing to embrace that. So those are kind of the big picture kind of mindsets and approaches to all of this. There's also in the moment things that you can do. So the first one, the biggest one is you have to learn to recognize these moments of discomfort and recognize them for what they are. 
So you have to, you can't do anything about them until you're aware of them. And you, you have to be not just aware it's happening, but aware what it represents, aware that this represents a real roadblock, that this moment is serious, it's critical, and I can't just brush it off or I can't indulge just this once because that's going to kick in that addictive nature. That's going to send me down, a, start me down a path that's going to be really hard for me uh, to get off of, and it's going to stop me or delay me or derail me from getting the things that I ultimately want in life. So you it's not just a becoming aware that it's happening. You have to do that. You do have to do that first, but also aware what it represents and how important and how critical and how pivotal this moment is for you to to get right. Okay, so that's the first thing. Learn to recognize these moments of discomfort. And then the second thing is to manage self-talk. And the big idea here is thoughts create emotions, emotions don't create thoughts. Now, a lot of people, when you say that their experience is so counter to that, that they're like, what? No, 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 no. But this isn't, again, this isn't just me, my opinion. This has been uh, very, very heavily studied by therapists and, and all sorts of people. And this is the basis for what's called cognitive behavioral therapy which is the most widely used evidence-based practice for improving mental health. This is the way, for the most part, you still have some Freudian people, but this is the way, for the most part, if you go to a therapist, that you are going to deal with whatever happens to be you you dealing with. And the reason why is because it's actually been studied. They can test it and test the results, and people actually get results from this. And the ba- again, the base idea is that thought create thoughts create emotions. That when something happens to you, the way that you react to it has to do with what's in your head. And it may not be that 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 there's uh, any sort of uh, it, it, it can feel like an instant reaction, but the reaction that you're having is all based on the content of what. Everything that you've learned up to that point, everything that you've experienced to that point, all of the stuff that's in your head that you know, that affects the reaction that you have, which is why different people react to different situations differently. If thoughts didn't create emotions, if emotions were just automatic responses, we would all react to the same stimuli the same way. So you have to understand that it is ultimately your thinking, your be- your long-term, it's your beliefs about things. It's also your in-the-moment thoughts that you allow yourself to indulge in that create the emotions that derail you. Now, the good part of that about that is you can control your thinking. So you can change your thoughts. And because of that, you can change your feelings and act react differently to, to situations. So there's an empowering part of this whole thing. So with all that said, like I kind of always say here, that's a lot to throw at you. I want to give you some kind of hard, fast things that you can focus on and do to really to dig into this. So the first one is what I would call an in-the-moment ritual or routine or process of dealing with these moments of discomfort, because it really is individual moments that can derail you. And if you can master those moments, you can give yourself a lot better chance of remaining patient, remaining disciplined and focused, and, and keeping on that straight line towards what you want. So uh, the first thing is kind of just recognize what's happening. We, we talked about awareness. The first step is to just is recognition. And you do that by 
having now watched this, hopefully tuning, turning up your, your sensitivity and your awareness meter to your feelings and, and, and making kind of a, a bigger picture commitment that when you're feeling something that you're going to, you're going to really stop and, and, and take a step back and, and sort of dig, dig in on that. So you, ha- you have to recognize these moments of I'm being impatient, I'm frustrated, I'm feeling emotional. Let me take a step back and, and figure out what's going on here. The second thing is then, as we mentioned, embrace it or, or really more importantly, don't react. Don't just fall into that automatic kind of way of being. This was, I always experienced this when I started, uh, I've gone through periods of my life where I would cut out, say, pop or I'd cut out sweets or, or these sorts of things. And sometimes those things had become a kind of default part of my life. So uh, several years ago, when I would take my son, Davin still went to school and he was in kindergarten. One of the things, one of the situations was his uh, uh, older niece that lived with us. Her, her school started at like, she had to be dropped off at like seven in the morning and his school, he didn't have to be dropped off till like eight 30, but we lived about a half an hour away. I was taking them kind of to the other side of town to a little bit, basically better school. And so it, it, to drive back home, but from that, that, you know, that seven o'clock to get back home about seven thirty, and then have to leave back and go back at eight and make this half hour drive. It didn't really make sense. So what we would do is we'd drop her off and then we would ultimately go to his school and just wait outside the school and I would drop him off. But what I started doing to kind of, as a little treat for him is we'd go to the gas station. Well, I got in the habit of, I started off, I'd get a coffee but then the gas station had these really tempting uh, donuts that uh, I I started eating, and I just started getting in this habit every morning of going to the gas station, getting coffee, getting a donut, and then going and sitting and waiting. Well, at, at first it started off with one donut, and then it was two donuts, and then I was starting to get to the point where I was like, mm, maybe I should do a third. And this habit was growing into something that was actually starting you know, I was starting to gain weight. It was become starting to become a little bit of a problem. And so when I decided I needed to to stop that, one of the things that would happen is I, I was still going to go get my coffee and do that part of it, but I just wouldn't get the donut. And some, some days I would be tired or not really paying attention. I'd be thinking about something else. And I would find myself at the donut thing, pulling out the donuts. And I really had never kind of consciously made a decision on it. It was just how I naturally reacted. It's like when you're driving a car and you're used to going to a certain place, but you're going somewhere else. And next thing you know, you find yourself driving to the place that you always drive to. And you're like, what am I doing? And then you got to turn around and go back the other. I'm I'm sure most of you have probably experienced something similar to that. That is this sort of addictive neural pathway kind of taking over. We can almost do things without really thinking about them. And that's a beautiful thing. It's a good thing for us. But when you develop bad habits, it can lock you into those bad habits. So you have to, again, be hyper aware of those and really focus on not just falling into that automatic reaction. Okay, so that's the second thing. And then the third thing, which is, I would say, the cure to the actual emotions and and how you change your thoughts is not a lot. What a lot of people try to do is bat away the negative thoughts and and maybe do some sort of like <laughs> internal brainwashing 
the, but the most important thing that you can do is just simply to create context uh, and, and, and get clear on what's most important to you. So for example, in the moments where I was standing there looking at the donut plate or at the donuts and I had this strong urge, not only because they were good, it was emotionally reinforced, you know, the taste bud part of it, but also it was something I knew, something I'd done. The routine of it all was drawing me in. The way to get out of that is for me to get clear on what's more important to me, this moment in the moment right here and how that's going to taste and all that, or my health, being alive 20 years from now for my kids, you know, being able to go and, and run and play and, and the sense of accomplishment and pride of, of losing all that sort of thing. What's more important to me? So when you get clear on what's most important to you, what it does is now all of a sudden it puts everything in its proper context and this emotional reaction that you're feeling also almost kind of starts to sound trivial in comparison to the things that really matter to you. You're like, why was that such a big deal? Like, duh, like, no, I, I'm not doing that. So always going back to getting clear on what's most important, what matters, what long term you're ultimately after is how you ultimately persist through these moments and, and actually exercise uh, that patience. So knowing, knowing that sort of routine, uh, and, and using that recognize, embrace and get clear is how you actually deal with this stuff in the moment. So the second tip, I know that was a really long one, but the second tip is you need to practice this stuff. You, you know, you can't wait until you need it to use it because if you do, you're not going to be very practiced at it. And so it's going to be a lot more difficult for you actually to do it. And so one of the things that a lot of people in this space recommend and what I recommend is, is find small ways to practice patience. So stand in lines that you don't necessarily need to stand in line in. Uh, a really good one is exercising because that dealing with that physical discomfort directly uh, that that's a very direct and probably the most direct way of, I mean, I'm choosing to engage in discomfort in order to get some sort of other long-term goal. And so it gives you kind of real direct, uh, practice in that sort of patience and that discipline and that focus. Um, you know, a, another one that I think people might find a little weird, but that I do is I always am, am intrigued by how people, especially around where I live, kind of react to winter. Because a lot of people, you know, it does get cold here, but a lot of people's experience of winter is they go 10 seconds or 15 seconds from the house to the car and then from the car into work. And then like eight hours later, another 15 seconds back to the car and then back in the house. So it's like maybe a total of a minute or two they're actually spending the weather. Yet it's like, oh my God, it's so cold. And it's just like this feels like this really reactionary thing to me. Now, it, don't get me wrong, it gets cold and it's not like I don't ha have those same thoughts, but I like to try and develop more discipline and patience. And so sometimes I will go out in the cold underdressed. Now, I'm not recommending you do something crazy or stupid, but you know, kind of when it starts to get into early winter, so I will purposefully go out and and stand in the cold you know, maybe while pumping gas or maybe I won't wear a coat when I'm going to the store and and make myself directly feel that and not react to it. Because 
again, weather is one of those really direct things that most of us are just like, we're just so, uh, and again, I'm the same way. We're so programmed to just avoid bad weather. It's a biological thing and it's a good biological thing, but taking moments here and there to allow yourself to experience and not react uh, to it. Again, be smart about that. I don't, not advising you to do anything crazy, but, uh, you know, just again, direct experiences of weather. Another one's food. I, I actually fast pretty much every day. So I generally only eat once a day. So I, you know, I'll eat noon, you know, maybe late afternoon, and then I won't eat again until the next late afternoon. And part of that is just, you know, my health in general and not overeating. But part of that is also dealing with the hunger, being being able to move through that hunger uh, and continue to, to do things and practicing patience and discipline and so forth just on a daily basis. So again, there's all these sorts of little things that you can do. So find little ways that you can practice patience. So when you encounter a moment that where you're really frustrated, you really have some some sort of emotional pain, you've practiced this time and time again, and you've done it in really direct ways with food or with you know exercise or maybe even weather or whatever, and you can handle this moment. This moment's nothing compared to that sort of thing. the f- The final one then is clarity of purpose. And I mentioned this in the the kind of the first tip here uh, about getting clear on what matters most to you. And in the moment, that's important. It's also important to do that on kind of a macro level. So actually taking some time and thinking about and sitting down, what is it that's most important to me when I'm, you know, when I'm in a, when I'm 80 years old and I'm getting towards the end of my life, what are the things that I'm going to look back on and wish that I had done, wish that I had co- accomplished? And write those things down. Understand what they are. Those are the things that are going to animate you. Those are the things that are going to give you the energy and the discipline to persevere through these tough moments and allow you to stay focused. One of the things, and I've, I've, I've done some episodes on this, but one of the things that has really made a difference for me is getting really focused on legacy. Again, I've talked about that and how that's become more and more important to me as I get older, as I have kids, uh, as I see my parents get older and all that sort of thing. But, you know, I do what I do. A lot of the reason why I do these podcasts isn't, I mean, I enjoy doing them, um, but I'm kind of naturally an introvert. This sort of thing is, uh, honestly, it's a bit nerve wracking for me, although I've done enough now where it's gotten a lot better. But one of the big reasons why I do it is because I'm thinking about my kids and my kid, my grandkids and my great grandkids. I want them to know who I was. I want them to not just hear stories from you know my kids or whatever and me to be some sort of vague memory. I want them to be able to go on a YouTube or a, a podcast or whatever and they can actually listen to me. They can see my face. They can hear what I thought, how I talked, the things that were important to me. And so a big part of why I'm doing this and why I've kind of made the switch to just talking about what I want to talk about is because, you know, a hundred years from now, I want my great grandkids to be able to see who their, their, their great grandfather was. That's important to me. That's become more and more important to me as I've gotten older and my own kids and all that sort of thing. So uh, that is and that having that focus has really changed my approach to a lot of things. 
and, and really allowed me to be a lot more focused on what matters to me. It's also one of the reasons why I've started putting out uh, a lot more courses as of late. Because again, I want my grandkids to be able to look back and look on, look at what I did. And I want them to say, my gosh, like he did a lot of stuff. He put out a ton of information. He put out, he had a, his output was incredible. Say what you want about the content of it or whatever, but the, just the volume is insane. And I feel like I have, I have that in me. I have so many different things that I want to talk about and I think about and that matter to me and that I feel like I can provide value on that I feel like that I'm capable of doing that. And so I'm doing it, you know, yeah, it's for my business. It's for because I enjoy it. But a big part of it is because of legacy, because how I want to be remembered. So when you can get clear on those sorts of things, they can really drive you through a lot of emotional pain and help you to get laser focused on what matters and take really methodical steps towards those. And there's nothing that can knock you off track. So again, clarity of purpose. All right. So again, that's a, that's a lot of stuff, uh, you know, maybe if you just listening, maybe go back and, and re-listen, maybe take some notes if necessary, or just take some time to think about these things and figure out ways. Again, you don't have to be 100% perfect, but you know, getting clear on what matters to you, understand being able to recognize these moments of discomfort. Just a couple small changes that you make can make a huge difference in helping you get what you want out of life and get it a lot faster. So. All right, that'll do it for this episode. If you liked the episode, be sure to like it. If you want all the past episodes, all the subscribe links for the podcast, all that sort of thing, you can head on over to johnmorrisshow.com. While you're there, I'd appreciate it if you'd click the Start Here link and uh, follow through the instructions to rate and review the podcast over on iTunes. That helps spread the word about the podcast. I would really appreciate that. Uh, and again, that'll do it. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you next time.